Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. This is college basketball for Saturday, February 24th. We got four games for the people here, a long list of games to choose from. Um, yeah, there, there, there are, of course, so many. We debated doing a Friday show again, but we really just could not find a lot that we liked on the week Friday slate. So we're going to make it up for you here. We're going to give you a 4-3 pick instead of just the normal three. Uh, Jake, we are approaching, I think we've got one week left of the regular season for the small schools, if that's correct, and then two for the big schools um, after after Saturday, I think. Yeah. I can't remember. I know it's the OVC. I can't remember when they start their tournament. I think those are starting up in like one. Yeah, it's like ten days from now. I think. I think we're we are we are getting near it. You know, we're 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 a week away from March at this point. Uh, One week from today will be March. So, uh, we're we're getting close to it. Uh, Winding down what's been just a a, a great college basketball season for us here, and uh, we're going to see if we can continue that this Saturday. Leading us off at noon Eastern, Missouri and Arkansas. Jake, um, you know, we always tell the people, you know, we're real transparent here. We believe in honesty. You know, if you want to try to hit the lottery in the jackpot viewer, you know, hey, that's that's your business. You do you, right? We are trying to teach people how to grow their bankrolls and be responsible. And part of that responsibility is every pick won't be a winner. Right. And so we often play the game. How does this pick lose? I can tell you how this pick loses. It's called overs at noon. Eastern games are terrifying. Other than that, I love this pick. And that's the only thing that's scary. But that's why we always say two to three percent of your bankroll on any one pick at most. That's the ones you like. Most of them should be probably one percent, no more than five percent. Because we always should be able to identify how a pit goes awry, and that's really the way this one does. Otherwise, these two teams can't play defense worth a lick. Arkansas wants to speed it up. Missouri will be more than happy to do it. The only issue is sometimes those early games can be a little bit slower. We had this same concern last week, and in fact, uh, I believe it was like it was TCU or Tech. One of them was playing Iowa State. I don't remember which one it was, yep. and it was an early game, and we had like a B-plus grade, and we were kind of like, eh, I don't know. We were on the fence on it, the early start, and it flew over, and then late fouls made it go over by like 20 or something crazy like that. So these early games can still go over in the right scenarios. We like this over. The model says more like 155. We're going to go over 145 and a half. A-plus grade. This is the largest of the differentials that we typically see uh, when projecting totals, the A-grade overs have been pretty solid all season long. It uh, doesn't mean they all win, but more of them win than lose. And so we're going to start off with an early over. Jake, what are your thoughts on this game? Look, I think we're getting a lot of value because last week or the last time out, Missouri and Tennessee forgot to play offense for, I think it was 12 minutes before we had the third field goal made, which was just okay. nuts. That makes um, no sense. It, it, and this game still – that game still came close to this number. It finished at, what, 139? So mm-hmm. they're within seven, six, seven points of this number with almost like a quarter of the game just not being – Just nothing scored. happening. Yeah. yeah, it's just this pace will be there. The Arkansas at home is a lot faster than Arkansas on the road. Their offense is good-ish sometimes. Respectable. And when, when – 
Yeah. And I mean, you saw it against uh, Texas A&M. They, they came out and they played. I think you're going to see that same value. Missouri is just not very good. <laughs> Their defense is rough. Um, don't expect a lot of good shooting in this game. Not, not a ton from three, but I think the pace will be there. And Arkansas's defense has one of the shortest average lengths of possession. So they're either giving you a very open early shot or taking the ball away. And I, I think Missouri will do both. They will give the ball up way too much and they will take some early shots that'll get the space going and we'll get that near 150 total. Yep, absolutely. Uh always shop around for the best price. This is one where it kind of doesn't really matter where you get it. It's still going to be really good value, but you never know when the number's going to fall right there. So we always recommend people having multiple sports books. It's something I've preached for quite some time now, and for some time I've had links to uh, various books in the show description just to make sure that people have ways to get multiple outs. It's not going to guarantee you a profit, but it will help you win more when you lose and lose less win more when you win and lose less when you lose, uh, which is always a good thing. And you can sign up at BetUS today, get 120% bonus on your first deposit, a bunch of free bets. We appreciate their support from BetUS, and we ask that you check them out if you have not yet, uh, and maybe add them as, to your repertoire of sports betting options. BetUS, America's favorite sports book, where you can bet on everything, anytime. Sportsbook, live betting, and casino. To celebrate 30 years in business, we have the best bonuses in the industry. Get 125% sign-up bonus and up to 30 risk-free bets. So what are you waiting for? Join now. BetUS, where the game begins. You know what's also fun is places like BetUS, different books, having different things you can bet on. So it's always fun just to mm -hmm. see what all your different options are uh, when you when you get excited. Something else that's fun is winning more money. And you can do that with us over on Dub Club, where the play of the day continues to roll along. I believe we had a 4-0. We did double plays of the day on Thursday since we subbed out the basketball show for the hockey show. Those have been on fire again. You can get those on Dub Club along with the uh, cheat sheets here as shown on screen. If you are not with us at Dub Club, you want to pause and just kind of soak in all that information uh, before continuing on in the video. But you get a ton of extra information over on Dub Club, including those plays of the day. Uh, and you can sign up, get $5 off your first month using the promo code there on screen, the QR code or the link in the show description, which I guess back to what I was already showing you there, Cincinnati and TCU. Two pretty solid teams here in the Big 12, both kind of more middle of the pack, of course. But Cincinnati, I think, has been a pleasant surprise, a team that was probably more projected to be one of the bottom teams in the conference. But that strong defense has propelled them up towards, again, a very respectable spot in, in the in a very loaded Big 12, you know, where they might be the you know ninth best team or the seventh best team or something like that. But that makes you like top three in just about every other conference, it seems like. Um, TCU kind of in the same boat. Uh, both of these teams pretty solid. Should be a great contest at TCU. Of course, they are slight favorites as they should be. We're gonna go over here. A minus grade over 145 and a half model says 152 and a half. Cincinnati, pretty average pace. will kind of do whatever you want. If you want to slow it down, they are more than happy to go slow with you. If you want to speed it up, they're more than happy to go fast with you. TCU wants to speed things up. TCU has been a strong over team for us all season. It's just more preaching the same thing about how TCU just gets up and down the court, and that leads to more points. The books continue to refuse to adjust to teams like TCU uh, on the over. <laughs> many over teams that we've continued to hit pretty hard all season. Jake, we are not hitting all of the overs on this Saturday that we typically hit, 
Iowa's numbers getting up there. Kentucky numbers getting up there. We're starting to play a little bit defense. Our greatest hits, so to speak, of the teams that we've kind of been doing. You know, we've probably had about 15 or so teams who've been taking the overs. About five of them I was looking at this Saturday. We aren't on. Uh, we're kind of thinking the numbers are priced pretty well. They're starting to catch up, but there's still a lot of teams the books are not adjusting to for whatever reason. TCU is one of them. We're going to see if we can't take advantage of that again. Again, not winning every single one of them, winning way more than we're losing. TCU over 145 and a half. Jake, tell us more. Yeah, look, TCU is one of my favorite teams to bet the over on, especially at home. Um, they shoot the ball very well. They just don't shoot a ton from deep because, I don't know, it doesn't make sense to me. They're shooting almost 36% as a team, but uh, they only shoot rare from three-point arc. But they're very good. They hit the offensive board. Uh, offensive board's hard. They finish a lot. They're good for the free throw line. This should be a tight game, so that free throw line's really going to matter. Um, that's really going to help them. And, and whoever really wins the offensive glass, because both these teams really depend on the offensive glass, is going to win this game. And I think that's going to end up with a lot of – like. A lot of points from just easy buckets from offensive offensive rebounds kicked out for a three, um, which seems to be one of the few times TCU shoots threes. Or Cincinnati, not the best shooting team, but they finish a lot. They finish hard. They get fouled quite a bit because they're they're a very tough team, tough minded team. Doesn't matter who's coaching them, whether it's Huggins or Mac or whoever, they just always have the same kind of hard nosed, tough rebounding defense team. Uh, their pace, though. Is, is a little faster than what the metrics want you to believe in. They've been playing better offensively away from home than they have at home here. Like they've lost their last three home games, won their last two, um, barely breaking 62 against Houston and Iowa State, which isn't terrible, but um, they gave up 80 to Oklahoma State at home. But on, on the road, they've beat Texas Tech and beat UCF. And both those games got um, right around this number, if not, if not over it. And I, th I think we're going to see with TCU's pace and Jameer Nelson just absolutely control that and speed this up and get us real close to that 152 number. Yeah, and, and TCU's, uh, you know, went under in three of their first four games of the season. And those are games that we weren't touching the overs on because they were, um, you know, playing such weak competition. And in those three games that went under the number, they held their opponent to 60 points or less. They scored 80 or more in all three of those games. So the idea is that TCU is going to score points and against that sort of competition, they can hold them down. But when you play with the pace that TCU plays with, you're going to tend to have more higher scoring games. It doesn't mean you always are because weird things, of course, um, can happen, you know, and, and they, you know, they played a game against Texas that barely got into the, uh, uh, barely got to 140. And so, you know, weird things can happen, of course, but both the games against Tech went over, who Tech isn't really a fast team, but is offensively sound. That Baylor game went over, and then, of course, it went into, like, quadruple overtime or whatever. One of the Iowa State games went over. They even got Kansas into a game into the 80s. So there's just so many ways this TCU team has been profitable in the over. And when they're playing, you know, Podunk East Southwest, college tech, you know, maybe don't go over with them on them, but otherwise um, there's been a lot of great spots to go TCU over, not necessarily every single one of them, but this is another one that we like here. A minus grade over 145 and a half. Dick, we're going to continue the overtrain with UTSA in North Texas. Um, who likes unders anyway, right? I mean, cousin Jared does, but you know, he, he's a weird guy. Um, if you want unders, yeah. we 
you have those on Dub Club. We also have sides over on Dub Club. Uh, we do have two side plays of the day uh, for you over there. But this is a pretty strong overpick here as well. And Jake, I can tell you the reason we're getting value on this one is the perception of North Texas, who is the second slowest team in the country. Uh, Virginia has reclaimed the title of slowest team. And of course, North Texas plays a good defense as well. Here's the thing, though, is that UTSA plays zero defense, and North Texas is going to score points on UTSA. UTSA wants to speed this game up as fast as possible. And, of course, North Texas wants to slow it down. But here's the thing. North Texas is not Virginia. Virginia feels like they have the caliber of athlete that they will pass up open shots. They're one of the few teams that will grind a game down because they just think they're good enough to do it, and they don't really want to shoot early in the shot clock. It probably also helps that they're going sometimes against some really good competition. So they know they have to mess them up. Whereas North Texas is the better team here. They don't really need to do something to screw with UTSA. UTS defense is one of the worst in the country. And my evidence of this comes in the fact that North Texas this year has actually gone over the number more times than they've gone under. And that is evidence that when they play against a faster team, they have no qualms about going over. That doesn't mean this one will go over. Weird things can happen in any individual game, right? So, of course, we always keep that in mind. But in general, in on average, uh, UTSA is going to get up and down the court. There should be a lot of possessions. UTSA is going to allow a lot of points. As good as North Texas defense is, UTSA will score some just because of volume. And so I think this all averages out to about an average college basketball game, but the books are pricing at 137.5. That makes for an A minus grade over, barely ekes into that A grade threshold. Jake, what are your thoughts? I'm not sure what UTSA does when they don't have the ball, but it's I, I don't know. I can't even come up with anything because it's, they, it's they, questionably the defense. Four, I'm not even sure of the 14 conference games they have three that didn't give up 80 in, hmm. and that includes the win that they did 89 to 88 over hmm. Tulane, uh, and only two of those games went to overtime. Like it's I, I don't know what they're doing on that end of the floor. I don't know what South Florida was doing last week that they only scored 66. Mm-hmm. But uh, this, the UTSA, they play with such a fast pace and just no defense. That's North Texas is not going to be able to help but score. And North Texas's biggest weakness is they turn the ball over a decent amount, and UTSA is not going to take advantage of that. So North Texas is going to be able to score at will however they want. And with the few random times UTSA does score with their – Eh, offense, it's going to do anything but help. I think this game is going to fly over, and I think there's a good chance North Texas puts up 75 plus 80 points, and so you only need 60-ish out of UTSA, and I think this will be easy, easy money. I think the answer to your question is that those two teams, South Florida and UTSA, combined to go 13 of 55 from three. And that's how a game goes under. And that's, again, why we just say anything can happen. That's not what you would expect to happen. That's in the low 20% combined on a large number. Typically, when you shoot that many three-pointers, you will tend to go towards your season averages slash the season average opponent three-point percentage, right? If you're really good at defending the three, it may not be. You may not shoot quite as well, right, when you're playing Iowa State or Houston or something like that. Um, And obviously, 
see a, a team like North Texas, you know, might be a little bit tougher to, to hit threes on, but you would never expect low 20%. So when you have something like that, that's just how a game goes under. And that's just like we always talk about. Anything can happen. There's weird things in sports. You're going to have some of those results where you're on the right side of and you just laugh them off. And you're going to have something you're on the wrong side. Hopefully you laugh them off as well. But assuming we don't see anything weird like that, this game projects much more likely in the 140s or even the 150s than staying in the low 130s. That's a very low scoring game in UTSA. It takes something weird for them to play that sort of game. And again, North Texas going over more than under is pretty good evidence that they have no problem going faster if um, you know you you allow them, if you try to get them to as well. And of course, reminder, UTSA 18 and 8 to the over. And some of those are very large numbers as well. So uh, you have a massive over team in UTSA and a North Texas team that uh, is not going to pass up those good looks like a team like Virginia. My, which will wrap us up uh, with kind of your nightcap intriguing game of the night here, Villanova and UConn. UConn coming off of that um, you know, disastrous performance for them here earlier in the week, looking human for the first time in ages, it seems like, against the Villanova team that, Jake, I don't know, maybe other people are paying more attention to this. I kind of think Villanova sliding into the radar here. They had those three early losses to teams also in the Philadelphia area, but they're kind of just okay. I mean, they're not bad, but they're not like, you know, they're not really NIT bad. They're not obviously you know, top five seed worthy, but uh, this Villanova team is kind of frisky and okay. And, and I feel like maybe a little bit underappreciated and that they're very respectable. Uh, both of these teams are going to slow the pace down a lot. The issue is, are they going to slow it down to the point where we stay around 130? That's really hard for a team like UConn. And while Villanova uh, you know, still has a better defense than offense. Their offense is not bad at all, and their defense is going to have a hard time stopping UConn at home. Anybody's going to have a hard time stopping UConn at home. We're going to go over on this one. Only a B-grade pick, 132.5 is the number. Sideline says 137.5. Jake, this one caught your eye as an intriguing late-night spot where you think the over makes a lot of sense. I'm curious as to your opinion why. I'm going to throw a random theory out there, and this could be a little bit of Saturday night, big-time lights. Everyone likes that, gets up for it a little bit more, might see a little more highlight reel stuff and some more points. What's your take on it? Yeah, that and uh, no way UConn comes out twice in a row and lays an egg like that. They've not done that twice in a row all year. Uh, I think we're going to get a very motivated, very uh, – I mean, based on the way Hurley left Creighton trying to fight all the students in Omaha for, for the nasty, nasty comments they were making, like, welcome to Omaha. That was just uncalled for and as he tried to fight them out the door because he got his, head, his butt whooped. Um, and I don't see that happening twice. I think Connecticut's going to come out there, do the thing, be the dominant team we've seen them, seen them be for 90% of this year. And Villanova is – going to have to score to keep up. They've got a good enough offense. They've got a decent defense, but they're going to really struggle when it comes to their rebounding. Uh, their free – I mean, golly. I don't know how Villanova does it. I don't know what the strategy is, uh, how you practice it, but once again, they're shooting above 80% as a free uh, as a team for the free throw line. So they're going to have to get to the line often. It's going to be hard to do in Connecticut. Um, but – if they do it, they will convert. I think we're going to get a ton of extra points. If this game, if Villanova hangs around in the second half, we're going to, it'll fly over because fouls and everything will put put both these teams on the line, scoring a lot of points. Both teams are very good free throw shooting teams. Both teams are good shooting teams in general. I just, I think the pace is being overvalued here. Yeah. 
Uh, Villanova squarely on the bubble, but according to sideline, the 27th best team in the country. So that would put them at about, uh, what, a, a seven seed. Uh, if we just went based off of how good the teams are, of course, that's not the way we should do it or should do it, right? We, we should go off the resume. And of course, Villanova at 15 and 11 and a couple of questionable losses there is on the bubble because they might be right now the 27th best team in the country, but they didn't play like it all season. Uh, and some of the results haven't quite gone their way. But, uh, you know, this would be a huge win for them if they could pull it off. If not, probably not a big deal because I don't think anybody's going to care if you get waxed at UConn considering, uh, you know, so many teams uh do but i think this villanova team uh could give some teams some fits in the tournament just because of the way they play their style like you said the fact they can hit the free throws uh is is always something that's impressive i'm not sure they can handle at uconn this is maybe the toughest matchup you can have because uh, obviously uconn maybe not quite the same home court edge as you see in places like texas tech west virginia uh, Colorado, Utah, some of these other places uh, that are either at elevation or really long, tough travel spots, but still a very strong home court edge there. And if not the best, uh, you know, one of the top teams in college basketball here. And if they come back strong, uh, that offense, according to the number one of the country, that should fuel them to get up to a reasonable number of points. Not saying this is going to be a high scoring game, but 132 and a half is a low number. Again, we do have more picks over on Dub Club. Uh, that's where we've got some unders. That's where we've got some sides. We've got more variety for you over there, but our four picks here are over. Um, you know, there are a hundred some odd games. At least four of them will go over. Hopefully it's these four. Jake, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I just, I know it looks kind of weird to see all overs, but, uh, Hey, it's going to be one of those things that these four games, there's going to be four games to go over. And these are, uh, in our opinion, the four best shots at it. Yep. Including the, plays of the day we do have a total of the day over and a total of the day under so we have one more over that we really like again available over on dub club uh and then our favorite under of the day as well that's all we've got here for you heading into this saturday jake parting words for people as they head into the weekend now just sit back and enjoy the last couple weeks of regular season basketball get ready for tournament play because that's when everything loses their mind and you start calling it sick to work and stuff to catch some <laughs> of the fun games our last Saturday of college basketball before March. Hopefully everyone enjoys it. Hope it's a profitable weekend for you, and we'll see you again next week.